home and welcome to the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast, discovering the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith. And now, from beautiful Brandon, Florida, here are your hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom and welcome, listeners, to the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. Thanks for listening. This is Ryan Cabrera, and I am here in studio with Pastor Nicholas Plummer. A couple housekeeping items to start off the podcast today. Uh, we need your reviews. We are trying to get this message out to as many people as we can, uh, that the Torah is relevant for today, that we can use it in our daily lives, and that uh, we can hear from God through his Torah, his teachings and instructions. And so if you can help us out, if you're listening to this through the podcast app, on your iPhone, if you can just leave us a review uh, there, it'll be on iTunes. And then if you're listening to this on SoundCloud or any other app, uh, either via Android or from your computer, uh, most of the applications and and, uh, distribution networks that we are on all have a place for you to like it, share it, review it, do all of those things, and that would help us out. And so uh, we have a very exciting podcast set up for you today. Uh, We are going to be talking about the Torah portion, Vayetze, which is He Departed, Genesis 28.10, through... Uh, chapter 32 and verse 3. And so, Pastor Nick, uh, this is a very special Torah portion, isn't it? This is an understatement. The whole book of Genesis is is really about the family of God and understanding the family tree and the whole dynamics of uh, the uh, covenant made with Abraham and and the offspring of Abraham. And so this is Vayetzi. He departed. And, uh, you know, right out of the gate, this is actually Genesis chapter 28 and verse 10 all the way through chapter 32 and verse 3. And once again, I would like to dedicate this this particular um, podcast, this Torah portion to my uh, father-in-law, uh, Pastor Randy Dreyer, who went on to be with the Lord on November 17th, 2002. And the reason why I say this is this is actually the Torah portion around the time of his death. And uh, very interesting. And so once again, he departed. So this is actually a story about Jacob, of course, uh, fleeing from Esau, as well as uh, building his family up at, up up in the north, and then, of course, making his great comeback into the land of Israel for the promise. So once again, uh, it's the same picture I see with my father-in-law, who I greatly respect and look forward to seeing uh, in the kingdom in the days ahead. So we're going to jump right into it. Ryan, we have, of course, here, where did Jacob go after leaving Beersheba? Well, he goes towards Haran. Okay, and uh, just to let everybody know that uh, the name of Jacob is found 446 times in the Bible, and so once again, this is actually a, a very interesting situation. We would say that uh, Jacob is actually going into the Federal Witness Protection Program. He's the first one uh, to flee, uh, you know, and of course he, for his life to find a wife because that's what his parents wanted him to do is to, to flee from Esau so he could save his life. Uh, Which it turns out this is the first cover story within this family that was true. Because he really does go and find a wife. Yes, he really does. He really <laughs> does. And so he, so he, he, he's going on this journey, and uh, he actually uh, comes to a place. He stops to sleep, and what did he use for a pillow? But a stone. Stones. He used stones for pillows. I'm the only person who thinks that's weird, right? That he used. Well, a, I mean, you know, if you think about pillow. it, prop his head up or whatever. It's a, something about stones and, and rocks. But uh, you know, J- Jacob has a dream. As he's sleeping, and he sees this ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven, and behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it in this dream. A ladder set up on the earth, so angels ascending and descending on it. Uh, we would call this today, this is actually a, 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 a portal. It's actually the spiritual realm, and we would call this a portal where beings, spirit beings, can come in and out of, and we know 
that if there's good angels, there's bad angels using portals coming in and out. And so that is a very fascinating subject in and of itself. They even say to the north of uh, Israel, Mount Hermon is a portal. We can see, of course, places throughout the world where there are some interesting structures built there that possibly uh, built by, you know, you know, fallen angels or, or different things uh, as far as the architecture and the engineering that no man could actually build. So it's kind of a mystery even to this day. It's a fascinating uh, study. This is, this is public records, everybody, about structures being built that could not have possibly uh, been built with with mankind so that's a that's a whole nother story but you know we have to really look at what's going on here to make it relevant did the lord promise to give jacob the land along with his seed we have to say yes because even with abraham and isaac this promise was given which is of course land and the seed right and if we follow the promises of the seed right it goes from abraham to isaac right because it could have been ishmael or isaac that's right right uh, and then in this case, it could have been Jacob or Esau. Right. And, and we know the story from the previous Torah portion that Absolutely. it follows the line of Jacob. Now, the, the cool thing is, if, if you look at this next question in Genesis 28, 14, and by the way, I'm actually using the Torah questionnaire that we use every Monday night that's available to any of you listening. Uh, you are able to purchase or to get the Torah questionnaire as well, and you'll be able to follow along um, uh, with the podcast, if you so choose. So as Jacob's seed shall spread to the north, south, east, and west, what in the earth will be blessed because of this? All the families. You know, all, that's All the families? That's a promise made to Abraham. All the families of the earth shall be blessed. So literally, we see Jacob being scattered everywhere, and all the families of the earth will be blessed. So truly... The promise made to Jacob makes uh, your neighborhood better, your community better. Uh, And we can see that even playing out today as we are in Brandon, Florida, nearly 6,000 miles away from Israel. Now, you know, he, um, he of course, uh, went to different places as he's traveling up north. And uh, he he named this particular place... uh, Bethel, and it was previously Luz. So he, he makes his way to Bethel, which is today uh, modern-day uh, uh, Samaria, the heart of Israel. He goes to Bethel, which, which of course, uh, was called Luz, and, but he calls it Bethel. Yep, and Bethel uh, is Beit El, right, in Hebrew, which means uh, house, house of, of God. God. Uh, and Luz, or the previous name, or Luz, however we pronounce that, uh, was it means almond tree. And so there's there's some commentaries that talk about the location of Bethel and and, and where it might be. Um, there's a very interesting documentary put together by Lipkin Tours, um, by Aaron Lipkin, that talks about the where they believe archeolo- uh, archaeologically that the location of Bethel is uh, today. And then there's also a lot of commentary that believes that uh, Bethel is actually Mount Moriah, where the Temple Mount is today. And so it's uh, interesting. Yeah, it is. It's very interesting. There's a lot of of, of ideas uh, about he's it. Coming north, he's traveling north right. because he came from Beersheba, which is south. Right. And he's making his way in that area. And uh, you know, when Jacob made a vow to God, what two main things did he request in order to confirm his relationship to God? What did he want from God as he was going on this journey? What did he cry out for? He cried out for provision and protection. Yeah, he said, "Help me, Lord. I need, I need to live, and I need something provision to eat." Provision and protection. Oh yeah. So that's what he was crying out for. So we're going to also see another principle that I'm going to have Ryan uh, share in a little bit uh, in question number nine on the Torah questionnaire. It's how much was Jacob willing to give back to God for all that God had given him? Yep. So he actually, through this promise about provision and protection, 
um, he's, he's trying to make a deal with God. And he says, you know, if you take care of me and you do all these things, then I will give you a 10th of everything that I have. So he, uh, basically builds this principle of the tithe, the 10th, uh, of everything that he has and everything that comes in, uh, and everything of his increase, uh, that he'll give a 10th back to the Lord. So actually we see tithing is even before the law. It's actually a principle that Abraham even practiced. Uh, he gave a 10th. He did to Melchizedek. Uh, in gratification to the Lord and everything. That's right. The, uh, King of Salem. So once again, uh, tithing is a principle. Uh, and, and it, of course, will change your life. Now, now this is uh, another subject matter that we look at as he's traveling now. Uh, we're going to find out that Jacob finds Rachel, okay? And so where did Jacob end his journey from Bethel? At a well. Very interesting, at a well. You know, meet me at the well. You know, it's like uh, hanging out at the water cooler. We use that expression in the, in the, in the business field of life. But uh, at a well. Yeah, well, and, and the well was the place where all the young ladies would come uh, to draw water in uh, in the evenings. Pastor Russell and I talked about that a few weeks back in the podcast. And so, obviously, he, he's he's thirsty, and it just so happens that uh, he has something that they don't have, and he's got some brute strength that That's he's right. able to help them out and uh, provide them with a little you know, the, the bride is courtesy. always found at the well. It's funny how that works out. Huh? You know, like the wells of salvation, the Lord talks about. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Very interesting. You know, that uh, he would go to the well, and so we're did Eliezer, Abraham's servant, find Isaac's wife? At a well. He found Rebekah, right? At a well. You're going to see later on in the, in, the, in the Torah portions where Moses flees Egypt and Pharaoh and everything. And where does he go? He goes to a well. And who does he run into? The daughters of Jethro, his future father-in-law. And <laughs> That's he, right. He, he finds Zipporah. That's right. And uh, marries her. So what an interesting story. We even know that Yeshua went into Samaria and, and met what? The woman at the well. That's right. And she didn't have a really good reputation being married five times. She had a little bit of a history, like all of us probably do, you know. And in the times in which we live, you know, it's interesting how... Everything's just being uh, dug up on people and accusations that go back 10 years or five years or 20 years are, are flying as, as far as sexual misconduct and different things and, and harassment and all that. So I find it interesting, you know, uh, in that regard, how relevant it is even for this particular story, uh, looking at the, the, the well, you know, as a place of, uh, of salvation or, or nourishment or, or even, you know, sustenance. And so... You know, when Jacob asked the men near the well where they were from, what did they say? They were from Haran. They're from they're from, they're from Haran. Yeah, and I wonder. I wonder. Like, there's probably not street signs. No. Right. So when he gets to Haran, he's like, "Hey, wait, am I in Haran?" <laughs> That's right. Finds out. Hey, I'm here. You know, I made it. And then, uh, of course, we, it's kind of interesting that uh, when Jacob asked the men if they knew Laban, the son of Nahor, what was their response? You know, he, he's of course looking for a family member. Oh yeah, we know him. They say. They say we know him and. And um, after Jacob inquired how Laban was doing, and he said that he was well, well, guess who shows up at the well? Well, well, well. Well, well, well. It's, uh, it's a deep subject, Ryan. The well is a deep subject. <laughs> Rachel, his daughter, comes to the well. I'm still stuck oh, on that. Oh, my goodness. Can you imagine that? I mean, but so listen, do you say he's a little bit excited? Cause, cause here's well, I the think next... he's also a little presumptuous here. Listen, I mean... he was so excited that... Uh, that uh, he, he actually it says, after Jacob saw Rachel and rolled the stone from the well's mouth to water the flock of Laban, his mother's brother, what did he do after he did that? 
He kissed Rachel. Yeah, he laid a big and he wet one up on his her. his voice and he wept. My goodness, he was traveling by himself. He was on the road, and so finally he finds a family member. He finds a relative, somebody he, you know, is related to or whatever. So he is so excited. He kisses Rachel, and what's her response in Genesis twenty nine twelve? She ran and told her father. Oh, no. She ran and told her father and says, oh, my goodness, you're not going to believe this, Dad. But, uh, you know, uh, Jacob's here. And, uh, and, and of course, you know, the next question is, did Jacob receive a warm uh, welcome from Laban, who was Rachel's father? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes, he did. You know, and I, yes, wonder, did. I wonder if these guys knew um, of you know, the family of Isaac and Rebecca. Obviously, Rebecca is Laban's sister. That's right. So this would have been her aunt. And, you know, I don't know when, at what point she was born in the life of Rebecca, if she was alive at, at the point that Rebecca left right. and whatnot. But I'm sure that they knew that Rebecca had left. And then so now to have somebody uh, from their, their kinsmen coming back, I'm sure that this is, this is pretty exciting now, for this them. this is the same Laban in the story with Eliezer. Correct. The one Rebecca that, oh, you've got golds and, and riches. Oh, come, and come. Let me oh, help yes. you. You got bling, bling. <laughs> let me give you. <laughs> come on in. Come, take a rest. Yes. I'm Here, you, you can right come now, and stay you know. in my room. So we, we know the story. Oh, yeah. We, we know the story. Oh, I can see it. And uh, we all know people like even, that. Even even to the point of uh, trying to. You know, the Bible addresses that. Don't give, you know, don't be a respecter of persons, you know, in, in, in giving the seats uh, to the, the wealthy and whatnot when they come into the church and putting the poor people in the back and so on and so forth. This is, this is true. You know, so here we have uh, a description of the two daughters of, of Laban. And of course, uh, Jacob has already experienced Rachel, love at first sight. Some people don't believe in that, but it probably happened like that, love at first sight. So Leah was the elder and she was tender eyed. Mm. Now, Rachel was the youngest beautiful and well-favored. We would say ooh la la. So basically yeah. it says Rachel was beautiful and Leah had a great personality. You know, I don't know. <laughs> but all I know is, is that Jacob had his eyes on Rachel. He sure did. I guess the description was that she was beautiful and, and different things. So I thought it was interesting, you know. And so here we have a situation uh, between Jacob and Rachel and Laban. So how long was Jacob willing to work for Laban to marry his younger daughter, Rachel? Seven years. Seven years. Yep. Once again, seven years. Seven is the number for completion. Number, seven is the number for completion. And uh, so after seven years, what did Laban do to Jacob to cause him to get upset? Well, what did he do, Ryan? He's, he played the old switcheroony. He, uh, he took away, uh, or when he went to go marry Rachel, um, and he gets to the, to the point where he's uh, going to consummate the marriage and go in unto her and whatnot, he actually uh, realizes that it's not... the switcheroony, right? Yeah, yeah, the switcheroony. He, he ends up, uh, it ends up being Leah and not Rachel, which... And you know, the tents are dark, and you could probably pull this thing off. And there's probably some wine at the tent, wedding. You know, alcohol. Yeah. Next thing oh, you know, yeah. you know, you're under the coffee table. Yeah. Bad day in oh, Vegas. You I'm show up and you, you married somebody that you didn't mean some to. Some of you can relate to this right now. You're having flashbacks. Thank God for God's redemption. Amen. Uh, we're moving towards the future, not our past. But so, so of course, you know, Leah had a handmaid, and her name was Zilpa. Zilpa was the handmaid for, for Leah. And, uh, you know, what was Laban's reason for giving Leah to Jacob instead of Rachel? Uh, well, because I guess in the, in my country, we have to give away the firstborn before the secondborn. Now, isn't that interesting that 
in, of course, Rebecca's womb, she has these two nations, uh, Jacob and Esau, and Esau comes out first as the elder, and uh, Jacob is the younger. And it's interesting that uh, the prophecy was to Rebecca, the Lord told her, two nations are in your room, two different kinds of people, and oh, by the way, the elder will serve the younger. So she knows this. Right. So this is this is going to you know come into play as far as uh, him trying to pass himself off as Esau and everything, and we we already see that that that's already happened. That's why he's fleeing for his life. That he tricked Esau. He he tricked. He, so it's almost like this is a family trait. He tricked Isaac, his own father, and claimed to be Esau. So he really lied. He connived. He's a it's a, he's a supplanter, and on the heels of it is what Jacob means. So is so, this like payback? Well, here's the thing I want to just share with you because we need to look at this story is that I believe from reading the story that Rebecca did not have to do that. That if if the father, if God said the elder will serve the younger, he's going to work that out. See, they actually jumped the gun and created this whole mess. You reap what you sow. So now there's a little payback to Jacob now with Laban without even him uh, knowing it maybe in, in, in the reality of it all that, oh my gosh, you know, look, I get Leah instead of Rachel. What is this all about, you know? And so this is this is what happened. So what did Laban want Jacob to do in order to marry Laban's younger daughter? Rachel? He wanted him to serve him for seven, seven more, more years. So once again, years. you have Leah. Yep. Okay, she's the elder, and Rachel is younger. And of course, the handmaid for Leah was Zilpah, and the handmaid for Rachel was Bilhah. Isn't that interesting? Bilhah and Zilpah. Now here's a good question: Did Jacob love Rachel more than Leah? Absolutely. We have to say yes. We can see this being Well, I mean, out. I guess he was showed up to marry Rachel, not right. Leah. <laughs> so right. now he's got a wife he didn't even want well, and doesn't I mean, have the wife he did so, want. So think about the unloved wife. There's Ooh. a lot of provisions for the unloved there wife. There sure is. Torah. But like I said, you know, some people are wondering, you know, uh, about this as we even look at Jacob's children now. So is there know. not like an annulment process, you know? I don't I mean, know, but there's Jacob's children. Yeah. And that's what we need to look at, okay. you know. And what we'll do is we'll look at uh, Leah. She had, of course, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, and Issachar, Zebulun, and her daughter, Dina. Mm -hmm. Then as we look at Zilpah, which is Leah's handmaid, she had Gad and Asher. Now, Rachel, you'll see that she has Joseph. And then later, she's going to have Benjamin in the Torah portion coming up. And, of course, Bilhah was Rachel's handmaid. She had, of course, Dan and Naphtali. And, Ryan, I want to point something out to you that is incredible. First of all, all of the tribes were born outside the land of Israel except for Benjamin. Now, I, don't know, I, I know we don't have time to get into this in a deep way, but I want to just point this out to you. If you stop and look at the whole house of Israel that's scattered all over the world, it's interesting that not just with the country of Israel, but all over the world, we're seeing pockets of people being grafted in. Amen. As yeah. non-Jews, as, as Jews, and Yeshua is the root of the olive tree, which represents Israel. And so, and this is another fascinating thing. All of the tribes were reunited with Joseph in Egypt outside the land of Israel. Yeah. So you're seeing children being born, the tribes being born outside the land of Israel. You're seeing a reunion outside the land of Israel. And it's something to think about. It sure is. You know, it really, really is. And so why does Joseph uh, play a picture? You know, you think about the house of Joseph, the house of Joseph, and you think about Ephraim, who of course received uh, the birthright. He of course was the uh, younger, not the elder like Manasseh. And he of course received the birthright. And what would Ephraim become? 
a multitude of nations. Mm -hmm. And so we don't have time to get in all that right now, but both Jews and non-Jews make up the house of Israel. Well, and, and, Israel. and you're teaching, if it's not online already, uh, we'll be online from this past uh, Sabbath. And it was awesome. Fullness of the Gentiles, multitude of nations, uh, about Romans 9 through 11. I recommend anybody listening Absolutely. should go back and watch that. Now, Ryan, this is where it gets very interesting. So many people want to look at Joseph as a type of Christ, you know, mm. Messiah ben Yosef, the one that would suffer because sure. he was thrown in the pit and all this other stuff. Yep. And I know we don't have a lot of time to discuss it in great detail, but I do want to lay out for you some food for thought here that, that after Joseph was born, where did he tell Laban he wanted to go? Unto my own place and to my country. Okay. Yeah. Think about it. So after Joseph was born, where did he tell Laban he wanted to go? Unto my own place and to my country. So when Joseph comes on the scene, like we're seeing now, the non-Jews, the house of Joseph, the non-Jews, Ephraim, the nations, we know that something's happening in the earth to cause a relocation process or a shifting or a change of, 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 of situations and circumstances. And so just, just think about that. Because listen, the house of Joseph... So what you're saying is that of course his bones because he's the 11th born at this point in the tour portion and so once Joseph is born now it's time to hit the road. It's time to move. There's yeah. a shift, awesome. there's a new yeah. chapter. And That's I just cool. want to remind you in Exodus 13:19 uh, Moses was of course reminded to take the bones of Joseph out of Egypt and bring them to Israel. Yeah, wow. So we love Israel, we love the land of Israel, we live as part of our inheritance so we like to take trips there and encourage people to to go there and different things. But one day we'll live there, you know, and that's just a matter of timing. But the bottom line, one day we will live there. So so Joseph being born is a marker. Just remember that. Joseph being born is a marker. And I don't have time to go into that the earthly father of Jesus was Joseph, which means in addition to. Mm. It's always something good with Joseph, you know. And, and, and also Joseph of Arimathea, you know, he opened up his tomb that nobody had ever laid in and gave it to Yeshua. Mm. So anytime you see Yosef or Joseph, uh, it is, it's good news. It's a good thing. Matter of fact, uh, my second born son, Nehemiah, his middle name is Yosef, hmm. not Joseph, but it's, it's, it's spelled out Y-O-S-E-F. He is Nehemiah Yosef Plummer. And I think that's interesting. So we're going to move on here. Because you know what? After Jacob had produced an, an increase in Laban's flocks and cattle, what did he want for himself? So he blesses his father-in-law. He, he makes sure that he's got, of course, what? Uh, flocks and cattle. But what does he want? He wants his livestock and cattle. He wants to build a herd for himself. Isn't that mm -hmm. amazing? Well, yeah, so, he's, paid his, he's paid his dues, right? He's, he's made the time. Well, the thing is, he wants to personally increase. Yeah. That's, that's what Jacob wants to do. He wants to personally increase. So, so how many days' journey did Jacob set apart away from Laban's flock and his? Three days. Three days. So he separates. See the contrast? Even in, in the Torah, it says, I have severed you from the people. Mm. If you keep my covenant and hear my voice, you will be above all people in Exodus 19. And this is what we're seeing in the, in the world today is people are hearing his voice and keeping a covenant and they are different than the other people that are in the earth. And so this is the beauty of it all. And so, you know, we, we're talking about Jacob. He increased in cattle, maid servants, men servants, uh, camels and, and donkeys. He increased. He increased by separating from Laban after he increased his flocks. Of course, Laban had his own sons and we'll see that. But now he's increasing. Now think about this, Ryan. Jacob heard the words of Laban's sons and what had they become towards him? 
What did they, they become jealous. I mean, they, they become jealous. They're seeing all the increase. See, people, seeing, people are yeah. jealous of your success. You know, it's very interesting to me when I when I see people like even knocking the mega church or the big churches and just being critical. You know, I, I believe the root of that is probably jealousy. Oh, absolutely. You know, because whether you have a congregation of of ten or fifty, a hundred or a thousand or whatever, you know, I, I think that, that, that that's just uh, the way it is. You know, he said, I'll make you leaders of tens, fifties, hundreds, and thousands. Thank God that for me, you know, it's 200, you yeah. know, but, but you know, uh, if the Lord wants to see fit to, to lead a larger congregation, that's fine. But the bottom line is that uh, there's an increase here. Yeah. And so after Laban's countenance was not favorable towards Jacob anymore, what did the Lord say to Jacob? He said, return to the land of your fathers and to thy kindred, and I will be with thee. Wow. So did he get a word from the Lord? Absolutely. See, we're with our families and things are happening, but sometimes he says, hey, it's time to move on. It's time to pack up. It's time to do this. So Jacob prepares to leave Laban secretly with his family. Okay? Well, there's no doubt that over the years he's probably wanted to leave, but he hadn't been given a release from God. And in this case, this is finally he's getting his release. And so he's like, I'm out. Oh, absolutely. And so all of a sudden, you know, what two things did Jacob tell his two wives that Laban had done to him, right? Uh, they, that he deceived me and he changed my wages 10 times, which he did. This is all yeah. true. That's in Genesis 31.7. And, again, and so something about Laban's character made it so that uh, Jacob wanted to leave in secret rather than doing it uh, as like a, hey, I'm leaving, see you later. He didn't want to go through all that because he knew that based on Laban's character that Laban was going to try to, to do something to, to knock him off course. You know, and of course, God's going to give Jacob wisdom in how to get these uh, herds to reproduce. Yeah. He gives them some very interesting uh things to do uh, among the herds, which is very interesting. So in the dream that Jacob had, when the angel of God appeared in the dream, what was the final outcome? What was it? Jacob's flocks increased. Laban's flock decreased. Laban's flock decreased. So did the angel of God bring to Jacob's remembrance the vow he had made at Bethel when he anointed the pillar with oil? Yes, he bringing did. him back to that vow that he made. Oh, if you would give me provision and protection, I will give you a tithe and right. all these things. So now he's like, okay, now it's time. It's time for, uh, for this to come to pass. Which is funny when we're in that desperate situation, right? And we're crying out to God and we're making a vow to God. Uh, but then it, he, he provides for us and then it comes time to uh, pay the piper. Oh, yeah. You reap what you sow. I mean, right. You know, now we're like, oh, I don't want to do that. You know, and, and the good thing is, you know, um, both Leah and Rachel were in agreement about leaving their father yeah. behind. They, they were in total agreement. Well, with and over, after 14 years, they're probably just sick of it. We could find that in Genesis 31, verses 14 through 16. Now, listen. So as Jacob left with his family to go to his father Isaac, what did Rachel steal from her father? His, Genesis his, 31, 19. The idols. The images. Yeah. yeah she took the images. And so now... Jacob, he's going to secretly flee. He crossed the river. Where did he go? He set his face toward Mount Gilead. Mm -hmm. So actually, before Laban even noticed that, that Jacob was gone, there were, he, he had three days between him and Laban before Laban realized what had happened. So Laban's going to pursue him. And, and for the sake of time, he's going to catch up to him. So Laban's pursuing uh, Jacob now. He's not real happy. He took the daughters and the grandkids. And so he's pursuing Jacob for, for this, for this, uh, this, I guess it's, you could say a conflict, this circumstance. And so what did God say to Laban the Syrian in a dream about Jacob? What did God warn Laban before he met not, with Jacob? Not to speak uh, good or bad towards him. 
So that's pretty powerful. So he, he manifested himself to him uh, in a dream to, to protect Jacob. Now, when Laban confronted Jacob about running away, what was Jacob's reason for running away and just leaving and not telling Laban? He said, I was afraid that, uh, that you would take the daughters away from me, that you would take my wives. Now, isn't that interesting? So he did a, he, he did a little, uh, he's a, up to some shenanigans, you know what I'm saying? He left without saying goodbye because he was fearful. Yeah, which is, which is fear is driv- driving, a, in this family line, fear yeah. drives a lot of these decisions. And think about it. You know, Abraham said Sarah was his sister. He lied. Uh, Isaac said Rebecca was his sister at one time. He lied. So Jacob flees and leaves. Why? Because he's fearful. He was fearful. So he had fear. Now, when Laban asked Jacob about his stolen gods, what was Jacob's response? He said, with whomever thou findest thy gods, let him not live. Which And so who oof. took the idols? Rachel. Laban's, Laban's idols, the, the household items. It was Rachel. Yeah. You know, it's always the house of Joseph or, the, or, or Ephraim that, that has a problem with idolatry. Notice it was Rachel. It was Rachel. Yeah. It was Rachel. Now, was Jacob angry with Laban because he served him for 20 years and felt cheated? Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, yes, absolutely. Uh, did Jacob take the initiative to make a covenant with Laban? Mm, no. No. He didn't want to make any kind no, of agreement with this guy. He, he was trying to, to avoid it. Listen, how many contracts did he go through that Listen, were Listen, when you got somebody greasy, advantage you know, and you're trying to get something solid done, you know, and they're so slippery like Laban was, you don't and, want to and, deal but, with but them see, at all. Laban or Lavan, his name means to be made white, but he was a shady character. Oh, yeah. He was definitely a shady character. And so, once again... Uh, <laughs> Also keep in mind that um, we're going to read in the, in the Torah portions coming up what's going to happen to to Rachel, uh, even regard to, to Jacob's words, with whomsoever thou findest thy gods, let him not live. So Laban didn't find them. Uh, Rachel was sitting on them, and so he didn't find them. But did Jacob, once again, um, did he go ahead and, and, and go through with this covenant? that no harm would come between Jacob and Laban? Is that what Laban wanted? He, he wanted to initiate this covenant that no harm would come between Jacob and Laban. Let's do that. And he was in agreement with that. Yeah, I mean, I... So Laban's like, I mean, you know, at that point, what does he have to lose? How about making an agreement? You know? Once again, notice the agreements. So every day we have to make agreements with people and get to know people and do all... It's nothing that we need to be afraid of. But just like with Abraham and Abimelech and Isaac and Abimelech, now Jacob is after to make an agreement. Yeah with his own family members to have some closure, amen. So after Jacob offered up a sacrifice, ate bread with his brethren and traveled all night, what did Laban do the very next morning? He rose up, kissed his sons, daughters, uh, blessed them and returned unto his own place. So he, he made good on the covenant. Now listen, Ryan, he returned back to his place. Yeah. See, Ryan, not everybody wants to go on this journey. Not everybody wants the Torah. Not everybody right. wants to live in Israel. Not everybody, you know, wants to do the Shabbat, you know. Right. And just like he went to his own place, we know that in the future, you're going to see the, the future father-in-law of Moses, Jethro, right? He is going... Uh, to, to actually be challenged by Moses. And Moses tells him, hey, father-in-law, hey, Jethro, why don't you go with us? The Lord is with us. We've left Egypt. Why don't you go with us? And what happens? No, he says, I must go back to my place. Yeah, and I think personally for all of us, we all have relationships like that with uh, people that are secular, but we, 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 they've endeared themselves to us, right? We have great affection for them. And we just wish that we could be on the same page about that one biggest thing in our life, but it just, it doesn't happen, right? And we have unmet expectations in that area right. and we, we feel disappointed. And, and, and if there's any encouragement, you know, for, for this, Torah portion. It's, you know, you reap what you sow. Yeah. If you tell a lie, you'll have to tell a lie for another lie. Just be honest. Be transparent. You know, face your difficulties. Face your wrongs, you know, and make it right. Don't 
don't take advantage of people, you know, especially, you know, with Laban, you know, don't let your family members take advantage of you so much that it just takes away your joy and it takes you away from the Lord. You're supposed to love your family and help your family, but don't let them take advantage of you to the point of you don't have joy anymore and, and, and you're being robbed, you know? So when Jacob went on his way, who met him? Angels of God. Angels of God were right there with Jacob. Yaakov, you know, just like he was leaving the land, here they are with him, bringing him back into the land. And that's why it's interesting, even in Daniel 12, I believe it is, uh, Michael the archangel is over Israel. Now, I would say that as a people, he's over them. And also, I would say that as a country, yeah. there's Michael the archangel right there in Daniel 12. And so, after Jacob noticed the angels, what did he call that place? Uh, Mahanaim. Mahanaim. And, of course, that's in Genesis 32, too. And in conclusion here, as we carry on this Torah portion next week, uh, Jacob is actually facing his fears. He's facing his circumstances, and he's going to get some closure here. Uh, It says here, And Jacob sent messengers before him to Esau, his brother, unto the land of Seir, the country of Edom, the Edomites. And Genesis 32, 3 is, of course, the last chapter and verse. So this next week, we're going to see the reunion of Esau and Jacob and what that outcome is going to entail and what it's going to look like. Just remember, as we close out this podcast, uh, Jacob was fearful for his life. He left Esau, and he's still thinking in his mind that perhaps Esau still wants to kill him. Yeah, and you know, God had a plan for Jacob's life all along. And even though uh, Jacob did pretty much anything, everything in his power to, to try to do it on his own, uh, he, God still kept him and helped him along the way. And uh, as long as we... Uh, keep our faith, right? And, and try to do the right things and, and follow God and get closer to him. I think that God's going to do that for each and every one of us. And so I think that's an encouraging part of this, that, that even though Jacob may have made some mistakes, that God stayed with him the whole time and helped him through it. And so uh, folks, if you're listening, I uh, appreciate you guys listening to the podcast. Um, this week's at uh, Vayetze. You can find uh, the list of the Torah portions and what we're reading every week on our website at topraise.net. There's a Torah tab and a little drop down that says Torah portions, and it'll give you the list of the dates and uh, and the weeks. And these are the same Torah portions that are being read all over the world in every synagogue uh, throughout the whole world. And, and-